0: Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe. Hello, everyone. It's time for our weekly catch-up with Justin Hume, the Uranium Insider, to give us his view on what's been happening in the world since we last spoke only 6 short days ago. So, Justin, how are you, sir? Been a while. I'm doing great. Yeah. <laughs> it feels
1: like a while. Yeah. It, a week it is a long like
0: time it. at the moment, isn't it?
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it really is. And a weekend is an eternity. It's just <laughs> not enough alcohol. Just not enough <laughs>
0: to get me through this. um are you still at home?
1: How are you doing?
0: How am I? Um, yeah, fine. So it's been a, a pretty busy week. um I had my wife's birthday on Wednesday. That was the... The big event oh. of of the of the week. Um, <clears throat> all, the, all the kids at home. We had um, you know, the kids sure. cook, cook her a meal, so that I didn't have to put everyone through that agony of, of pretending I did it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I think. I think we ended up playing um squads on Fortnite. You know, your typical birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened that actually
1: happened nice did did your wife have a good day did she did she enjoy it despite the uh restrictions i guess you could say
0: um she she did actually cuz we we had a a party planned for uh, not actually this week uh, a few weeks time which we've had to call off i think um you know cuz of all the restrictions and so forth so i think we might have to reconvene next year by by which point she's promising that she won't have aged a day, so um, <laughs> she's, going with, uh, she's going with she's Great. going with Keep the same birthday this, this year as well. So I think I, I, gonna, I could just gonna I like have that. a do over. Yeah, just like it. We've just lost a year. That's all. It's fine. What about you? Yeah. What's happened?
1: Uh, well, my wife's birthday was on Sunday. Oh wow! So yeah. Okay. Yeah, we both have Aries wives. Dude,
0: they're. they're, they're they're, fa- they're fabulous, aren't they? She's listening. They they are fabulous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they are, yes, agreed. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, then we had a good day. <clears throat> we had a good day. She was pretty bummed out leading it, up to it because we had to cancel a bunch of plans. And, mm. uh, but we had a we had a really nice day. Went for a bike ride, had a picnic, had had a nice dinner, and baked a cake and had some nice gifts. So a lot a lot to be grateful for. For
0: yeah, sure, absolutely. Good good weather over there right now.
1: Yes, although it, we've got a forecast for like a week straight of rain, which is again unusual for Southern California. But it's absolutely gorgeous this past week. It's been wonderful to feel the sun, and definitely changes the the, the overall feeling of the moment.
0: That's that's great. You know, you know that damn thing when you, when you go away on holiday and well, for us in Britain, in Britain we have to go away to get the sunshine we have to go to the Mediterranean or, or similar right and then it's sunny weather and and then we we phone back home and they tell us it's also sunny weather back home it's, it, right. it's, it's a killer <laughs> it's a killer so I, I'm actually there's a bit of me that is quite pleased that it's going to be raining where you are because we, well, that's exactly what we've got so oh, really yeah <laughs>
1: Just it's well, wet, weather, it and well,
0: I have got weather envy. That, that, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying I now. <laughs> so, like we like, were joking earlier on a, a week being a long time, but a, a right, right now, with the economy, politics, yeah. and especially our favorite subject, uranium, a week is a long time, isn't it?
1: Yes, yeah, a very, very long time. So much is happening on a daily basis on all of those fronts. It's pretty wild.
0: Pretty wild, but we better stick to what yeah. we know, or we better stick to what you know, because I don't know a lot. Uh, let's talk uranium. So oh, don't sell yourself short. Oh, well. <laughs> you
1: you know you know a lot for sure. But I, yeah, I'm, I
0: I, I, I listened to the uh, the, the Donald. Trump uh, meme of him explaining what uranium was the other day, and I, I have to say, I, I I feel slightly slightly more knowledgeable than he is, slightly. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So let's 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 bring this in to, in, into um, sure. the world of uranium. So last week we had the announcement of Cameco shut, temporarily shutting down, or at least standing down their workforce at Cigar Lake. People yes. for the right reasons, good reasons um yes people got excited a little bit excited and i think the share price of some of the equities got a little bit excited people were talking Indeed. about white swans what was your take what is your take now because uh, if you think <laughs> the other things have happened as well
1: right yeah well we also had uh, namibia closed down mines. um so we had the official announcement for rossing um uh, or and uh, Husab, I don't believe, put out the word, but we know that Namibia has shut both down at this point. In addition to Cigar, um, yeah, almost immediately after that announcement, we started to see the spot price move. So I don't know if the equities are moving because of that or because of uh, uh, or just the implications of all that supply coming offline. Mm. Um, probably probably both. But we're definitely seeing some pretty constructive albeit small moves in, in spot price ticking up, but it is um, maintaining a pretty consistent uptick for the past week or so. Um, we probably think that's that's Cameco uh, picking up some pounds and some traders covering short. Debbie's yeah, carry traders have with promised pounds um, on these short to midterm contracts going out into the future that they've yet to actually acquire those pounds. Um, so we're probably seeing some of those traders cover. And that's... I think this twenty seven twenty eight I'm seeing the ask is uh, twenty eight dollars this morning. So we're starting I think we're kind of it, it's becoming more universally recognized amongst the the, the nuclear fuel uh, traders, utilities, fuel buyers that we're gonna see a new a new floor price. I don't think anybody is gonna be holding out at this point to get below twenty four dollars which we were at a couple weeks ago. Um, so that's that's been very constructive.
0: Very good, very good. I mean, I I, 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 You talk about Namibia. You know, I, I didn't hear that they had shut down. I heard, I heard there were conversations with the government as to how they should go about the kind of the quarantining of and uh, etc. Of, of the facilities. And I thought they were in discussion as to the best way to do that, and that impact there would be an impact but it wouldn't necessarily be total um, and that's um, I'm, I'm getting this from from Brandon Monroe who's obviously very Namibia focused and and uh, right right has, has made a few phone calls and I think the suggestion from him was that it might affect somewhere between five and ten percent of Production, which is you know still meaningful, um, and that's only with today's data. As we say, a week is a right. long time in the in right. this game at the moment. Um, which, when combined with some of the other things which are going on in the market, you know does does add up to a whole lot of supply uh, constraint. For sure. So, you know, I think that's that's something that we would, you know, continue to uh, try and get updates on over the course of the next week or two, uh, for for sure. But I think more Definitely. more important, yep. more importantly is what's your take on this? Obviously, everyone's seen a little bump. You know, a lot of the util, uh, the equities have seen a little bump, a little v, with V shape, as you charters would call it. As is that, is that, what, what do you call that? What do you call that thing? Just the
1: equities recovery overall.
0: Yeah, equities yeah, recovered, it's but it's a
1: pretty, it, but, pretty sharp, mutual oh, yeah. recovery, in right? A lot of them. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: everyone's quite pleased. I mean, it's, it's not back up to where they were before the market reset or anything like that. But it, it's um right. it, it's it's had a positive effect for, for most of certainly the U.S. Uh, uranium equity boys. So they they're, they're mm-hmm. kind of pleased and they're. The story they're beating, the drum that they are beating seems to be that the, 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 this is it, guys. And we've we've been lucky enough to speak to a couple. This week. we spoke to, um, La- I think Laramide, Um one of the one of the guys we're speaking to UEX next Monday, I think, and a couple of other Iranian players this week nice. as well. So it's it's, it's been, it's been right. interesting. to sort of see the, the 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 stance that they're all taking and the stories they must tell as they share to see and uh <clears throat> And the stories they they tell when when the mic's off. Um, so, mm-hmm. what's your take on on this? Do you think that this little uptick is the beginning of, of a long, steady run, or do you think it's just no more than that? People feeling their way through the market.
1: Um, I do. I do think it's the beginning of a <clears throat> of a of a long run. Um, it's it's difficult to say exactly how it's going to move. Um, let's say over the next six to nine months. It's it's really hard to say, but I do expect the spot price to keep moving up. Um, I think that that a lot of us who have been looking into the sector pretty deeply for a number of years at this point can kind of see the bigger picture and just how tight the spot market is and the the contracting that's going to need to happen. I don't think I don't think long term contracting is yet an emergency. a lot of the utilities. Um, The European utilities are definitely more well covered out into, let's say, the next five years or so. Um, But there's still, I think, 10, 15 percent uncovered at this point. Um, But the U.S. utilities have certainly been sitting on their hands for a lot of good reasons, which we kind of discussed, I think, one of the last talks we had. But yeah, it's it's generally understood that the spot market is quite thin. Um, There's certainly not uh, an entity that's dumping cheap uranium into the market right now and hasn't been for a while, uh, essentially since because um, Adam Prom stopped selling into the spot market in 2018. So we have uh, a thin spot market. We've got producers, most most notably Cameco and Orano, but Cameco with Macarthur River cigar shut down contracts that need to be fulfilled. They already. We already know they need to acquire a certain amount of pounds on the spot market before Cigar shut down. And now not knowing really how long it's going to be shut down, it really puts this uh, large amount of uncertainty out into the market, which is not something that the traders or utilities really like to see. So I I think that what we're going to see is the spot market continue to move up in the coming months. How violently I don't know. I think if we see some major announcements for more mine closures, it could be a really big move. Um, if we see Kazatomprom um, limit any supply, shut any mines down. If we see BHP shut down Olympic Dam, which I guarantee they're going to do everything they possibly can to avoid that. But you know, these might come down to government mandates. It might not be up to the companies themselves in the long run. So, uh, and if we see Niger. Um, we see Comenac um, or Somer close in Niger, that could be big implications for Orono, who's already short. Uh, they they owe 5 million pounds to Cameco. They've just lost their production at Cigar. I'm sure they're praying to God that Catco and their uh, Adam Prom JV continues to, uh, to produce. But if they lose Comenac, which is scheduled to shut down early part of next year, that's probably just going to stay down. So really big implications with all of these potential further mine closures. And I I really think cigar is going to stay offline for a lot longer than people think. There's no way it's going to be four weeks. Um, We also have the potential, um, you know, they do scheduled maintenance on that mine um, that's seasonal. Uh, So that's, that's scheduled for some point this summer. I don't recall exactly when, if I remember correctly, I think it's July, August. So you kind of have this situation where, okay, are they going to shut it down for two months Pushed really hard to bring it back online, only to take it back down for that maintenance. Not really sure. Um, we're going to have to see how it plays out, but the potential is there for it to be closed for quite a while. And at one and a half million pounds a month, you know, we're looking at potentially, you know, uh, ten million pounds supply shortage from cigar alone this year. Yeah, so so it's, big it's implications, starting,
0: yeah, huge implications. Yeah, so it's starting yeah. to add up. It's, it's when you piece all yeah. of these. Parts together that um, the supply side of the story starts to look frightening, really right. you know, frightening. You know, the people people talk have talked in the past and saying, "Well, you know, the, the, the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie." But what I think most people hadn't kind of factored in was obviously the UF6 component, the um, EEP component, um, and how long th- that could kind of stretch the market out, string the market out. And I think quite a few people we've been speaking to CEOs and market influencers, I think, acknowledged that they hadn't really understood what the inventory levels were because, you know, U.S. six and the E.P. was was skewing the skewing the um the numbers. They 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 were almost giving a false reading, as it were. Um, Mm and i think that's that's kind of interesting and i'm not even sure if now even now people understand the state of those two markets um in, in terms right. of the supply let you know let let alone what the true, you know e308 position is so, so right. what, what's what's the sort of sense i mean you you you've got a lot of um, followers and people who read your newsletter and so forth and what's the sense of the market from retail at the moment what what are they are they, are they seeing this as the, this is the finally, after all the other catalysts, this is the catalyst for change? Are they expecting great things? Did this slight movement in the uh, spot price do it for them? Or are they as pessimistic um, would, as ever?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, a lot of my, my newsletter subscribers are pretty seasoned, experienced guys that have been following the story. Um, along with me for quite some time. And I think that they see the potential and have been adding a weakness. Um, But I would say the overall sentiment would be cautious optimism. I think that the optimism for the uranium market is definitely there, but the cautiousness is coming from the broad market and a very uh, seemingly obvious recession that we're basically starting to get into at this point. Um, But, you know, the market... The market is not the economy and vice versa. Mm. And so it's very, it's difficult. I mean, we're seeing off the charts unemployment claims in, in the States. I, don't, I haven't been following in other countries as Terrifying. closely, but I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine it's any, it's that much different in any country that's having similar sort of uh, economic shutdowns. So it's really, it's really overhanging overall sentiment, I would say. Um, I'm seeing, you know, the chartists for the broad market are saying, "Oh, there's another leg down," but I'm hesitant to short here. Um, we know that there's massive liquidity in the Fed's pumping just to get this thing moving again. And you know, even with, let's say, uh, a mid to a, like a midterm recession outlook, um, we still could see the markets turn and move up on positive news, medication uh, announcements that are that are very positive and widespread. Um, add to that liquidity pumping, you know the markets could very well turn it's It's difficult for me to gauge that, but um, the overall uranium sentiment is definitely there, especially amongst the people that I talk to that are very familiar with the sector. You know people that i that I speak with who are generally tepid, don't really show a lot of emotion, are kind of cautious about what they say and and what they expect to see are like, yeah, this is it. So yeah. I, I I like to see that. That's that helps frame my own sentiment. Just gauging gauging the the language of of people that are generally pretty reserved, coming out and and kind of calling it.
0: Yeah, but well, I, th- I guess there are many different types of uranium investors out there. You know, we we've seen people who've been ex- exuberant. Every single day since we've been looking at this, you know, calling it right, you know, in in months, you know, it, it's 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 going to be right. this month, this month, this month, you know, because there's always been a sort of catalyst, you know, if we look back to, you know, it seems like such a long time ago now, section two three two, and then the nuclear fuel right. working group, and then the extension of of that, and then the you know change of energy secretary and the announcement that they made, and this. Expected announcement, and then of course we, we sort of hit the hit the bumper bumpers here, um, <laughs> which was um, yeah. obviously the market reset, and then then obviously COVID nineteen coming along. So it's been a, it's been a long and bumpy ride for few uranium. But but I I think you've got all sorts of views that I'm we're seeing that in some some of the social media feedback and people sort of DMing us and twittering and again uh, directly right. to us and. You've got all sorts in there. I, I guess you've got, what are, as you say, the old hands who really know their stuff about uranium and they have been more cautious because I guess you, you pick up a few bumps and bruises along the way, don't you? <laughs> you tend to. Um mm-hmm. And then you've kind of got these uh, newer entrants into uranium looking at the macro and going, this, this is a no-brainer. Why isn't this moving? It doesn't make sense. And again, we've all right. been there. We've all been there. Yeah, who's going to tell them? Um, <laughs> you know? And we, we, you know, you, you do try and temper your um, investment um, thinking as you should, you, you should you should always come at this, you know, cold and calculated and and not emotional. But the the uranium uh, investors tend to be, I've seen very and um, a very emotional group of guys and gals. Um, they they deeply care and understand this mark. Well, the understand bit is maybe a, a bit looser because I'm not sure any of us really understood it. Um, uh, mm. But we hope that it's going to follow the basic rules of economics, which is, is the supply-demand story is exceptionally bent out of shape, um, right. and surely this has got to be the year. Um, and I'm looking for some clues in the market, and I, I think I, you know, I looked at this slight movement, movement in price, and I wasn't sure if it was just a little blip and a reaction to. Cigar Lake and people started looking around at what COVID-19 might do or what the implications right, might be for other right. producers but right. the guys who hold the purse strings literally are sitting there and they've got a whole bunch of separate data it seems so it would be nice for them because I think they're due in the next week or two to actually state their inventory levels are they not that's true that's yes. yeah, right yeah you're right so I that might be end of the month or an, May, that right? might be a real eye opener <coughs> for the market because they've got to come clean at that point, right?
1: Yeah, um, the U.S. utility inventory, I think, is—I mean, we're assuming it's probably going to be somewhere in the low to mid 90s um, as of the reporting date, which is a, a larger than than normal uh, annual drawdown, and that's that's based on seeing just. Uh, minimal contracting last year, very, like barely any at all, especially in the mid to long term, and the spot market volume was paltry. Um, so, and we saw UF six and, and SWU rising. And so we're kind of making an assumption that the utilities have been drawing down their own inventories, um, running it through the fuel cycle instead of buying u 308. So, uh, if we're, if it does come out in the low to mid nineties, um, a million pounds. Uh, for, for the US that's that's under 2 years um, inventory which puts them at about a decade low in inventory and it's not yet at an emergency you know utilities have strategic inventories but if you figure 2 years of inventory of U308 and you've got let's say a 12 to 18 month fuel cycle going from through UF6 EUP and fabricated fuel it's just about damn near time to start buying and so I th- I think that we're going to see, um, I mentioned previously, there's still a lot of overhanging for for mm. contracting, and I, I do still believe that. But um, I, I think that there, there could be some contracts sort of already in process, and we might see a bit of mid- to long-term contracting for 2020. And if that's the case, and if it comes from one of the larger utilities, um, we could really see a serious contracting cycle. Really kick off for 2021, especially if we're in the mid to high 30s or even 40s spot by then. I think I think 2020 is going to be kind of the confirmation of what we've been looking at for years, and then 2021 will be kind of the start of the real deal. So I and considering the broad market weakness, I, I it's truly unbelievable the valuations here right now, and I think the opportunity is nuts. And I know I've been saying that for a long time, but it's just gotten to the point of being stupid. Especially with the, the sharp change in the fundamental picture, coupled with the sell off, it's like unbelievable.
0: That's, it's absolutely insane. But the reality is that's that is exactly what's been happening. That's exactly the position we found ourselves for the last two years. We're, we're arguing the same point for the last two years, three years. Right. Long time. Right. Right. Yeah. So none of this makes sense yeah. because I'm not sure we we understood all the moving parts. And I think, like I say, I think you've got admission from some some individuals that that may have been the case, and you know, people that perhaps you would have thought should have should have known, or say, you know, claiming to be experts that you'd expect to have known. But it's such an opaque right. market. I keep saying it's such a bizarre op- opaque market. Um, well, let's let's stay away from yep. the doom and gloom, and let's talk about what the opportunities could be. Then, so let's say your timing's right. Let's say that looks about right. And let's say you're also right about this the price, spot price. I know it's about term and contracts, but let's say the spot price, because um, that's the kind of the magic thing that people look at. If that does start to creep up over this year, um, I think if you look at UEX, then we're getting at UEX and trade tech. Um i must say u x c yeah sorry um their uh-huh. their long term spot price is thirty two bucks that doesn't
1: move the dial for anyone does it Do you, uh, they you? just dropped it to thirty one actually at the end of uh
0: March. oh boy <laughs> what, do, what, what what do they know? Because obviously they're very technical. You know, I spoke to Trade Tech um, a couple of times. Um, they're very technical. They don't necessarily believe what uh-huh. the companies are telling them. They, they, they have technical people who go and assess. Uh, understand the mines and the mining and the process, and they, they come up with a number which they think is realistic. But 31 right. is not realistic. We've just had a conversation about the macro story. Why on earth right. would they do that? It's a bizarre number.
1: Yeah, it's 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 quite the complicated scenario here, um, and I'll, I'll try to do my best to express what I understand of it. Um, essentially, the what qualifies for a long-term contract in the eyes of UXC um, or Trade Tech, but uh, would be it really varies. It it could fall into the into it could be three years, it could be ten years, and what you have essentially is a low, the low offer price reporting mechanism. So if you have um, a particular month, and let's just say, for example, you had a contract signed for five years out at $45 a pound fixed. Um, but during that same period, you had a contract um, put out there for three years for uh, a much smaller quantity of pounds and somebody threw out a low ball offer for $31. That's what's get. That's what gets reported. So they, they report the low offer with the justification that as long as somebody is offering pounds at this price, that sets the market. Even though it's unrealistic to expect pounds out past, let's say, three years, anywhere near that price. Um, we've already heard that there's been some discussions for some actual long-term contracts. I'm talking like 2025 plus you know 5 plus years even out to 7 to 10 years where producers have turned it down just basically turned down offers in the 50s um so it's it's very it's complicated because it it it's kind of uh, a maddening to think okay well it's obvious utilities cannot go out and buy pounds 2024 20, 2025 20, for 31 dollars why is that being reported <clears throat> I don't know I mean this is this is what they're doing and it's luckily for us as investors the spot market and the spot price is what is followed which the irony is it's it's not really even kind of a real spot market it's not like there's this pool of pounds sitting there that people are trading in and out it's very it's very complicated and it doesn't really represent the the contracting market but it does seem to be for lack of a better word a bit more honest but we're going to get to this point where the bulk of the contracting is not going to be these two-year, three-year carry trades. It's going to be five, six, seven to ten-year long-term contracts. We expect that to start potentially one or two this year, and then 2021, it should really kick in. And then they're not going to have any any choice but to, but to publish. There's not going to be these $31 offers. The carry trade is largely going to kind of disappear once you have uh, long-term contracting takeover. So it's just a very, very opaque, very convoluted, and very slow-moving market with the turn market price reporting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was, I was talking to someone earlier this week, and I said, you know, I just can't believe the lack of, and it's a small market, it's like 10, what, 10 billion bucks we're talking about, it's nothing compared to copper, gold, et cetera, bulk. Um, right. But you would expect better tracking, better measurement of where, Inventory in its various forms sits at at the at the very least, but but that isn't the case. But anyway, don't want to Um, whine. What I do want to ask you about is where do you think the power is going to lie when utilities finally work out that they're going to need to you know top up. there's very, there's very few people producing. It's you know, there's a lot of people after the same, um, it, you, know, same, the same, um product, you know, the same product. You know, whether whether it be E three hundred eight or ef six or EEP, um, and because there's very few producers, do you think the producers are going to be? Able to make demands on the price, they're they're going to be the ones driving the prices in the early days. Do you think that? that, Yeah, Yeah. it it just it it kind of makes sense to me, but I've I've never I haven't heard anyone say that or articulate it. um, because. It, it seems to be if if there's not a lot of product around, you're you're down to okay, the two, right. two years maybe with, with maybe a little emergency fund, you know, like your car has an extra thirty miles of petrol in there that they don't tell you about. But um, I think that you you get to a point where you've, I down to a year. Let's say if it does run to the end of this year, and I think some some people are calling that, mm-hmm. some people are calling that, um, mm-hmm. you, the producers are going to be like, well, no, that. We, are, we will tell you what price we're going to charge you as opposed to what price will you pay, which is, which is what's happening at the moment. Right.
1: Is that realistic? Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's, we're slowly moving to a seller's market. It's been a buyer's market for the past eight years and it's, it's slowly shifting. Um, and we already know the Cameco is the the few contracts that they've signed. They're getting a price that they like. It, when it comes to the long-term price, it's just a matter of the spot market moving up, I think really to trigger, you know, once once the utilities realize that they're not going to be able to continue to top up inventories with $25 carry trades every couple of years, you know, it's the, the long-term contract is the obvious solution. It's it's reliable and the producers, and you know, we assume that the production that's going to come offline or already has come offline due to the due to the virus, It's gonna will eventually come back online, you know, over the course of the next few months or longer. But you know, these producers will be back online. Well, um, but that's the it will be a reliable source.
0: Absolutely, there will be a reliable source. But that's the other other side of the coin here for me. So if you say right, okay, well, it's going to be a seller's market. There's a couple of components there. There's there's the price, and then there's the term of the contract. So which and that why I'm interested in the terms of the contracts which they may decide that they want to enter into, i.e. much longer term contracts than perhaps the three, five, seven year type terms is going to be detrimental to any new entrants coming in. So some of the people who's, you know not there at either advanced exploration or development or maybe they do have a BFS but they need two, three years to get the thing built and up and running. They're going to be a slight disadvantage, aren't they? Because I, I've been. If I, if I, if I'm a producer now, and the, and the utilities want need uh, what I've got now, my negotiation stance is going to be very, very tough, because I'm in the driving seat yeah. again. I haven't been for eight years, as you say, but I am now, right. and w- I'm just wondering what the impact is for some people coming further. I mean, I, I've heard the story that utility buyers do like to kind of spread the risk so they will spread the load and you know not necessarily in equal amounts they'll buy small amounts from right people new to um producing or teams that haven't actually produced before um and they'll build up trust and confidence over years but these these are these term contracts are buying cycles then they're not let's turn up every quarter and have a discussion it's we'll come back and talk to me in two years or come back and talk to me in three years um it, it makes it slightly awkward doesn 't it because the thing i 'm trying to get at is for investors when you 're looking at companies who right now are suffering because of you know cash uh, lack of cash or ability to raise new cash uh, other than to keep the lights on um, these smaller companies which have maybe never produced before or need to raise so much money that it 's going to be a long time before they can get into production some of the movements Mm -hmm. and agreements at these in the earlier days is gonna have a knock on effect i suspect if i you know if i was the banker that they were coming to i'm looking at all these red flags going it's just got a little bit harder or tell you what it's just got a little bit more expensive for you that's probably the stance i would take i'll fund you but it's going to cost you a lot more money so again they're kind of penalized by the where they are in the cycle
1: Yeah, that's you. You raise an interesting point. Um, I think I think there's a couple of uh, a couple of things to consider. Um, I think the the let's call it the first phase of let's say a, a real substantial contracting cycle that we kind of expect to start next year. Um, there's a certain amount of pounds that are available out there based on the existing producers that are reliable and pumping it out. So you've got Cameco and Orono, Uranium-1, and obviously Satomprom are kind of the big ones. <clears throat> and so there's X amount of pounds. And I don't recall the number that I had previously roughly calculated, but it's somewhere in the 500 million pounds that are available to contract. Um, so you look out, let's say, average seven-year contracts. Um Um, you know, that, that gets, that gets you out pretty far, but it doesn't get you all the way as far as what the utilities are going to need. But the interesting thing is that it's not, it's it's, okay. So let me just finish that thought. I, I, what I'm sort of seeing is a price rise up into the range where the, the, the current players can maintain their market share without, without that price incentivizing all of the other production globally that's just waiting for a higher price. Um, so I think it's it's very logical that we see prices hit the 40s and 50s, you know, by next year, um, by the let's say the end of 2021. I think that's happening, um, and I think that we see if we see. I mean, we could see a uh, three, four, five hundred million pounds contracted in a single year, in a real contracting cycle. That's not unrealistic at all. So we could really see within let's say a two year period. All of the available long-term contracted supply coming from Kazatomprom, Cameco, Orono, Uranium One to essentially be mopped up, um, and that's when we're going to see the real price rise. I believe, like the next leg up, which it's it's got it's got to go higher to get all the the rest of the production online um, around the world. In the meantime, though, it's hard. It, I don't really necessarily say think that that Cameco is going to see a greater percentage increase on their share price than some of the juniors just because they're producing and selling and the juniors are not. You know, we're going to see potentially really violent re-ratings of these companies that are at such paltry valuations that, and there's only so few equities in the whole space I mean, we're going to have to see how it plays out. And I don't think it's going to exactly track the last bull market, but you no. had companies. No. Um, yeah, you had companies when uranium was, what was it? $45 a pound, 2006. You had a company like UEX, for example. It uh, had only a historical resource, no forty three one oh one, no plan to production, no estimated production time, trading it like, set like $8 a pound in the ground. And it's just absolutely unbelievable. It's probably right now trading at 35 cents a pound in the ground. So the valuations did not make sense when the bull really started going. Um, so yeah, there's, you know, I, I'm really looking at the companies that are, that are low valuation right now that have cash or cash flow. And that are highly likely to get into production in this cycle, because I think that you can see companies go from a 15, 20, 30 million market cap into the half a billion or higher within a few years. Those are the companies I'm really looking at. But in the short term, I think you might be right. The current producers could more most benefit, at, especially when you just look at balance sheets and whatnot. But as far as how the share prices are going to perform, we're just going to have to see how that plays out.
0: Yep, yeah, we are. And... I'll speak to you next year. And by next year I mean next Friday. And we can discuss <laughs> what's happened um between now and then, which I suspect will be a lot, because we'll know a lot more. I think um, you know, a lot more minds are trying to take a more responsible attitude to this. It's, you know, I think three weeks ago it's business as usual and then they sort of slowly Realizing, dawning on them, the the impact that this is going to have. Um, We will know more next week. I would love to talk to you next week and um, discuss it then with you. So I will leave you to have a wonderful weekend. And actually, you've got the rest of the day to do, haven't you? You've got Friday. I've finished. I
1: do, yeah. I'm kind of in my my late morning here.
0: Oh, man. Well, I hope you have a good day. You've got the sunshine, at least. Thank you. onslaught of the rain. Yeah. For the arm Yeah, we yes. are. We. I, I, I'm not even quite sure what we're going to do. I, I, I thought, I've got jigsaw puzzles all around the house. She <laughs> can so kind of walk past and put find one piece, feel mildly content, and move right. on to another part of the house. I think it's it's very calming. Very calming.
1: <laughs> That's the vacation now, right? Going to the room in the house you don't usually go to very often
0: there you go see see things yeah. that i i didn't know we owned it's <laughs>
1: yeah
0: <laughs> what uh, that old thing yeah, yeah. well i'm um, just have a great weekend um you as well love to you and your family and we'll speak to you next week same to you sir be well thanks a lot yes. cheers buddy. thank you for listening if you've enjoyed the interview why not subscribe to Croxcast?